0: Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Binchtown TV. My name is Jim, and I'm joined by my co host Paul, and we are continuing our coverage of Amazon Studios Reacher Season 2. Today, we cover Season 2, Episode 5, titled Burial. But first, as always, a little Binchtown TV housekeeping. If you're listening from our Reacher feed and are not familiar with our other podcast coverage, then we just want to remind you that we cover so many different shows and would love to have you as a listener for those as well. We recently covered Fall of the House of Usher, Attack on Titan, Beacon 23, and A Murder at the End of the World. And besides Reacher, we're also covering Jujutsu Kaisen, the live-action adaptation of Yu Yu Hakusho, and Percy Jackson, The Olympians. And coming up very soon, we have True Detective Season 4. So what I'm trying to say, as always, is that we cover a lot of TV, and we want you all to come for the ride. All you have to do is search Bingetown TV on any of your favorite podcast apps, or check us out at BingetownTV.com. All right, Paul, so... Episode 5, we're past the halfway point. I want to know what you think, but first, let's just say they're trying their best to obliterate our theories on who's good, who's bad. What do you think of the episode? And then we can start getting into the meat of things.
1: Episode was really good. It was a lot about the mystery and the movement of the plot of what the whole transaction and the deal is, the actual cargo itself. So that was really good to get some movement on that front. And, you know, it wasn't exactly a whole lot of action scenes, but... Still really good. You got a real good short one in the flashback, and then of course the shootout. Yeah, you know, the episodes are pretty consistent with that. They give you a little bit of everything usually. Sometimes it focuses more on the story, sometimes it focuses more on the action, but usually you get both. So I just I really enjoy the show. It's it's just so easy to just like get lost in the mystery behind it. And then you mm-hmm, have mm-hmm. the awesome character development that you know you don't always get in CSI. You know, they don't always, like, right. maybe develop the character. They're the same detective, like, over and over. So it's just, I think it's so fun. The more I watch it, the more I like it. So I just love it. And, yeah, this episode called Burial, because they're trying to bury our theories. But we're not giving up on it yet. Uh, I'm not giving up with on Scene one O'Donnell. It. Yeah, scene one of O'Donnell and his family. You think that's his real family? He paid those guys <laughs> to be actors. Totally paid it's, actors, just like Barney from having Your mother with his fake wife exactly. and his son. Exactly. 100% exactly what I was thinking of. You know, that's he had auditions for the kids before, you know, they came around running the swords to fight and everything. Um, but no, I the one uh, kid totally went rogue when he hit him with the sword in the leg. He's like, Yo, yeah, yeah, bro, back off. I actually thought about that. He was because <laughs> he was like, Oh, that's not a dad to a kid, that's like an uncle who doesn't know how to interact. But no, I, uh, As soon as I started this episode, I was like, Oh, god damn it. We are gonna have to talk about this on the pod because Mm -hmm. it's looking like, yeah, O'Donnell's good. You know, he was telling the truth about the family. The whole phone call with the son and the burner was throwing us off, but maybe he's just literally he's such a family guy (laughs) that he gave his son the number because he really does wanna, you know, hear from him. So he really could just be that good of a father. So I'm not Putting it off the board, the actor theory still on there, but I don't know. I think it's, it's dead and pretty buried.
0: Well, <laughs> first I'll talk about what I thought about the episode, because this is hilarious that they're really burying our theories here, and we were pretty adamant about what we thought. But I agree, I like the episode... I will admit that I still think I do like the smaller mysteries, like the contained mysteries of, like, Margrave in a small town compared to, like, this huge international conspiracy that it looks like it's going to be some big thing happening. Not really too big of a deal, but I just think that I I liked season one with the smaller uh, contained mystery better. I thought this episode, like, I turned it on, I hit the play button, I felt like it was over in two seconds. The time of the episode wasn't any different, it just blew by for me. But yeah, I was cracking up, I was gonna text you, but I said, let's save it for the pod. Episode starts right away with them killing our theory, but obviously I'm gonna go with yes, that's his family, he's not getting actors like Barney Stinson or anything, but Mm -hmm. I still think he could be bad, like he could still be dirty, even if he has a family he could still be dirty so i'm not going against the fact that he's not dirty i'm not going to straight up say he's fine now but he actually has a family he has a wife who seems awesome two kids the burner thing is still a little weird but yeah i understand what you're saying it could just be that he you know his son really wants to talk to him this and that they did bring up the burner in that scene where he says you have the burner you have the number it could easily just be that the kid you know not necessarily takes the phone from the mom but You know, whatever. It was still a sketchy conversation that he had, but... Whatever, we'll leave that be for now. I still think they're really hitting it too far on the nose with Swan. I'm still going with the reverse here. I still think O'Donnell's going to be dirty, and I think Swan's still fine. Um, We'll get into that all. So,
1: yeah, let's get this party started. All right, so O'Donnell is telling his family no contact with anybody because of everything that's going down. They are going pretty sure they're shit. I actually don't remember where they are because Dixon and Neely are in the Denver plant for New Age. I forget where O'Donnell's family are, but this is where they go to talk to Homeland. So they might be in Washington, actually.
0: Yeah, O'Donnell
1: works with the political scene, remember? So they're probably in D.C. He's
0: the the quasi scumbag that works with the politicians and everything. So I'm assuming that they're living in D.C. and he's telling them Mm -hmm. to hide. Gotcha.
1: And then... After the family goes, they go to talk to uh, Homeland Security. This episode's a little chopped up. I'm going to just go try to go scene by scene because it's a little bit easier because each story intertwines with another. So before Mm -hmm. we really get to that, we get Neely and Dixon at the New Age plant in Denver. They're pretending to be, I don't even know what this is, like quality control agents, like DCMA. Not exactly sure what that stands for. love
0: how she's reading from the clipboard and the guy's like trying to read
1: it over his shoulder. Like, what are you reading there? Yeah. Oh my God! Talk bonding a little bit too about how Neely has literally never worn heels before and is sore mm-hmm. from that. Um, and Tixon's like, "What the hell are you talking about?" So eventually, they talk to the foreman, who said that whatever shipment with six hundred and fifty units, whatever you want to call them, literally just left. So what do they do? They go in the car to chase them. So
0: here um, we go. That's now, our answer: six hundred and fifty missiles at a hundred k each. Simple as that. That's the answer. So. We know that this truck is going to have a shipment of 650 missiles that are basically very, very bad news. Obviously, we talked about last episode, Reacher, O'Donnell, finleys all of their faces when they heard about these missiles. There's 650 of them that they're going to have to deal with. So, after all this time trying to figure out what it is, it's just 650 missiles. Each missile is 100K each. And, yes, continue.
1: Yeah, I mean, we were talking about it a lot. 650 for 100K. Pretty much confirmed now. That it's the missiles, at least we get a little bit information about having the little wing chip installed in it. So maybe that has something to do um, with the 100K price. It's not just the missiles. So uh, yeah, it's pretty confirmed. The only thing we don't really know is those numbers, and we don't really get anything on that. So this yeah, I got to th- go back and maybe we'll just need to talk this out really quick because we were talking about
0: how we thought that the tally was going to be like what they still. N- Need right, and that they were going to have to pay for it, but then now it might seem like it is... Like, my original idea was that it was how many times they were hitting the target or being mm-hmm. successful. Now that we're confirming that each missile is the 100K per missile, the tally can't be right unless they're just saying, at the time, they were creating the missiles, building the missiles, and that was the tally. I I, I don't know. I I like that it was based on how many successful attempts or the chips like how successful the chips are working with their AI generated or computer-generated attempts
1: yeah because I don't I don't really understand how the difference sums up to 650 I don't really get that between the tallies you remember that whole conversation that yeah Rachel I would had? have to
0: re it's confusing me now that we just straight up got the answer that 650 missiles at 100k Them giving us that answer straight up makes me confused about what we were getting into last episode, and I would have to rewatch last episode, so whatever.
1: Yeah. I was also cracking up that when they do bust open the case and we see the missile, I'm like, what? They don't have enough padding for the top. Like, I get a, a glass in package delivered, and they have padding on the top, but it's yeah. not as theatrical when you crack open the lid, and it's just a These bunch of black These are damn foam. explosive-ass missiles, and
0: you're yeah. just leaving
1: them. I know it looks pretty that way, but... <laughs> anyway, shootout quickly happens when Neely and Dixon arrive. This is the ambush.
0: So we were wondering if we were going to get the ambush. And we thought that it was going to turn into a throwdown where they were trying to stop the ambush from happening. But actually what happens is they Mm -hmm. make the switch. And then Neely and Dixon show up. And the guy immediately knows that they're a problem. So they start shooting at them. Yeah, so they're switching the plates. They're switching the trucks. And my thoughts on this whole thing are that You have New Age distribution, or New Age warehouse, whatever, in Denver. And you have New Age facility in New York. New Age creates the chip, and New Age creates the missile. And the thing is here, New Age itself is actually shipping from Denver to New York. But the reason why they're using A.M. and his men, so they're going to make this ambush happen so that the one truck will go where it's supposed to go and it will be filled with bullshit, basically. And then it will get shipped to wherever it's going to go to the military. And that's why Reacher's saying that it could be months and months and months till they realize there's actually no missiles in there. And then the missiles are going to go to where they're supposed to go, which is the new buy or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So New Age is the ones creating everything but they're just trying to take themselves out of the equation and make it look like this ambush happened so that they can't be blamed when the missiles go missing that's what i'm getting with langston as when they're actually selling the missiles themselves and the chips to make the money mm-hmm. they're basically
1: saying hey we got robbed but the ones right. that set up the robbery were new age themselves the head of security right. langston as far a- as we know or am
0: right and that's the other thing it could be as simple as The other truck gets to where it's supposed to go, and it takes forever for people to realize the missiles aren't there. I got to say,
1: Neely and Dixon popping out of the trunk, taking those two out real quick, that was just so cool. I just They're awesome together. Everybody in the special investigators are just bosses. You don't mess with them, dude. And they know right away, like, this is the setup. This is the truck. No way, second truck got there before us as backup like we were right behind Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. shipment um so they're just so smart i just this is one of the action scenes we got it was short and sweet but there were some like really good moments in it and just in general so the actual shipment gets away but neely grabs the manifest from the one truck driver's uh dashboard and that's where we get the info that this truck shipment was approved by swanton We're going to jump back just one second before Neely calls Reacher and go to him and O'Donnell at Homeland Security in the suits talking about A.M. They've been chasing him for six years ago when he first popped up, but he's a ghost. They also talk about how he uses bearer bonds so you can Mm -hmm. carry a small fortune without it looking like you're carrying anything at all.
0: Uh, We saw that in an earlier episode when he's making his transactions
1: with the bearer bonds and then kills the guy anyway with the sweet knife move. Yeah, exactly. And Reacher having the same hunch as his brother knows that this guy has to make the transaction himself. He won't trust anybody else. He is the third party that is going to be there. So that's why he knows we can still track him and get him. He's not just going to be a ghost forever he does have to pop up
0: yeah and i do love how the brother when this was brought up to him years ago i guess obviously before he died had the same idea and they're like you're just like your brother man so it's cool Mm -hmm. how they have those connections and how they bring that up um, you know, we're obviously not going to get much of the brother ever again because he's dead unless we get some flashbacks. So these little tidbits are great for the world building and the character development, just telling us about who
1: Reacher was and who his brother was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they leave. They don't, they don't give him any information. Their homeland was like, hey, you got anything? They are like, ah, sorry. We don't got anything. Either. I
0: love that. They were cracking mm-hmm. me up. It's totally O'Donnell, too. He's like, they're like, all right, we gave you ours. Now you give us yours. And he's just like, you know, we'll get we'll get you. We got you at some <laughs> point, you know. And and it was I I was expecting them to be pissed, mm-hmm. but they're, they're they were like, just all right, handshake, cool. We're out, you know. Yeah, and then of course, of course, Reacher's like basically they say like we're gonna get this guy, we'll get him in jail or whatever. And he's like, nah, I'm gonna kill them, mm. kill them all.
1: <laughs> yeah, there was a pause, and then zoomed in on his face, and I, I was telling Emily like borderline cheesy line incoming. But the thing is it's not cheesy because Reacher he just verbalizes his thoughts. He it's he's, he's not cheesy. trying to be yeah, yeah he's like, not he's trying not... to be like socially cool to everybody around him and like say the best one liner. He literally just verbalizes what he yeah, thinks. Yeah,
0: he's not being cheesy because he just is cheesy. Like it's just one of those things where it's like he like you said, he verbalizes in a socially awkward way and he just says what he needs to say, whatever's on his mind, he's going to say it and that's kind of why I was giving him some shit in earlier episodes, like when he just calls Lang or when he answers the phone and talks to Lanx and he's just like, yo, bro, I'm going Mm. to kill you. I am coming for you, and I'm throwing you out of a plane. And I was like, dude, you're totally just like giving everything up to him. Just pretend like you're dead and have like a day or two of peace, but he just talks. He just says what he has to say. He's a man of few words, but when he has to talk, he talks. And it's like season one with Finley. Like Finley always was mad at him about. No cowboy shit if we want to talk about Russo's lines here. And especially in the beginning of season one, you know, Finley is very straight-laced and very straight-edge with, with what he wants to do by the law, and reach just like, I'm going to kill some peeps, man. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And Finley's like, Jesus, dude, you can't just go around killing people. But that's just what Reacher
1: does, and he tells people he's not scared. Yeah, he's not. He just... Honestly, is frustrating at points, but at the same time... Yeah. At least he's consistent. You know, it's that's who he is. So, yep. as they're leaving, they get a call from Neely about Swan and how he authorized it. So, not only one is Swan still alive, two, he's still working for New Age, and three, he just used a scanned thumbprint along with other measures. And Reach is trying to say they forced him to do it, but they're like, yo. They really forced him to go through all of these hoops. Um, I don't know, man. Like it would it's cause a looking scene. more and more like Swan is dirty, and O'Donnell's saying, you know, hey, you just told them you were going to kill everybody involved. You know, you going to kill Tony Swan too? So he reaches mentally is I feel like that is the number one thing going through his head, and then the whole mystery and and case is like second. He's like, oh fuck, like what happened with Swan, man.
0: Yeah, so let me, actually, let's talk, let's do the flashback scene really quick, okay. and then yeah. I'll give my quick theory on Swan. Yeah,
1: it's just pretty standard undercover wire yeah. uh, drug transaction. It's uh, Swan and Reacher, the ones undercover with the wire on, they're in the warehouse. Reacher's trying to talk them through a deal, and then we have the rest of the crew in the van they watch a delivery guy come up. Well, it's not a delivery guy. It's one of them, but he went to go get the food, and right. um, no, he noticed. I thought he
0: was, like, an actual delivery guy. Like, why do they leave him alive? I thought he was just a guy that was bringing them maybe, their
1: food. And they Maybe he was, but why the fuck was he, like, coming into the warehouse and, like, handing out, yeah, like, everything? Uh, like, I'm, if he was a delivery guy, he just would have given him. Yeah, the bags. Yeah, he just pick door. it
0: up. I don't know, because the way that he was reacting... It just seemed like they ordered food and the guy came in. I I know that the guy could just be picking the food up, but they acted like they ordered. And then, like, why would the throwdown happen? Why wouldn't that guy shoot too? Like, why? He was just sitting there, like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I'm not part of this, you know? So I just thought he was a
1: delivery guy. True. He might be. And they just deliver from the same place that he's just cool with them or some shit. I don't know. Not the biggest part of this whole scene. Uh, Right. thing is that this well this delivery guy slash not delivery guy whatever you want to call him recognizes swan because he sold his guitar on craigslist which what the fuck are the odds of that and swan and was, it
0: was in, pretty <laughs> it's pretty damn convenient that he's in his damn army uniform when he picks yeah. up the guitar and the guy verbalizes it he's just like hey man i know you what's going yeah. on i i sold you guitar oh wait a second yeah, this is a drug deal, isn't it? You were wearing army shit. And the guys are just like, what? Like, this is crazy. You know, I don't know. Whatever. That's the kind of stuff that we've been talking about all season.
1: Mm-hmm. Super, super weird, especially for the special investigators that are like, well, I guess they're based in one area. They're not like jumping around like they are in the present. So I guess that kind of makes sense. Um, but convenient, like you're saying. But as soon as that comes out, everybody stares at each other, realizes, oh, shit, this is going to go down. Um Reacher just being a badass. The guy was like flourishing the butterfly knife to like test the drugs and all that shit. And the butterfly knife was out, and he just kicks it and goes right into the guy's neck. Um, yeah. But the one guy does have Reacher in his sights, and Swan jumps and takes a bullet, misses the yep. heart, sh- kills the shatterbone. Won't be playing guitar anymore. Little witty one said Kills the shatterbone. Kills the shatterbone. Nice. <laughs>
0: Shatters the collarbone. I like that. Kills the bone. The shatterbone, um, yeah. dude. Yeah. I mean, we, the shatter bone mm. is any bone on the body that, that gets <laughs> shattered. shattered.
1: But Reacher's whole reasoning of remembering this is because if Swan is bad, why the hell is he risking his life to save Reacher? Right. Reacher even gives him the I owe you one at the end. So mm-hmm. he's mentally going through it. And if that's not enough, he's freaking walking down the sidewalk, and then black SUVs roll up. So, yeah. I don't so, know, after this flashback, what are your thoughts on Swan?
0: Yeah, um, here's my only thought when it comes to how he can still be good. My thought is going to be that he knows that what matters are the chips and not the missiles. Obviously, missiles matter and they're a big deal, but the missiles aren't going to be these crazy super missiles until the chips are in there and the chips aren't being developed in Colorado they're being developed in New York and they're not even done yet so my thoughts are that he's still undercover still in deep and he's signing off on these missiles to be on transit because he's still working on his cover because he knows that the end game is the chips not the missiles so if he ended up signing off on the chips and helping that get set up and this and that, then I would be like, I don't know how I can get around this. But my guess is that he is working still undercover and that he thinks the chips are the big deal. So he's not going to blow his cover by not signing for the missiles. He's still going to be going for these chips. That's all I can think of.
1: This whole flashback could just be giving us the answer in the sense that Reacher... And Swan were pretending to be drug dealers, making a transaction with criminals to bust yeah. them. So, this literally, if you just fast forward a few years, this could be Swan undercover, pretending to be an arms dealer instead of a drug yep. dealer and waiting to bust the real criminals because this is now a terrorist level threat. So, yeah, i
0: just, just think about this though, as a story, okay? You have Reacher and his group, and he trusts them, and they love each other, and they're being popped off one by one, and throughout this entire season, there's undertones, and there's worries that one of them is bad. Not who's bad, not like, is one of us bad, and we don't know it, it's one of us, Swan, is bad, and they're just nailing it, nailing it, nailing it on the nose every single episode. If you get the reveal that he's actually bad, is that even good writing? If we find out in episode six or seven or eight or whatever that Swan's just like, ha ha ha, I was bad, mm-hmm. is that good at all? Like, isn't the point of this writing supposed to be either it's a mystery and then Swan reveals himself to be bad or he's going to be good and that's the reveal? I can't you, see how you're just going to,
1: you know? No, I totally, totally agree with you. I don't see that as a big reveal. The only thing that I could think of well, that this is leading to is does Reacher have, like, the fortitude to finally actually take Swan down or potentially kill him if he is bad? Because, you know, it's taken five episodes up to this point, and even now Reacher still isn't saying, I still think Swan is bad, he's still trying to fight for him. So that's the only thing I could see it leading up to, is, you know, if Reacher has a SWAT, SWAT, if Reacher has a shot on Swan, I've done that so many it times it. today. Will he take it? So, Will he shoot him in the shatterbone, man? Mm, this fucking shatterbone. And I <laughs> am, yeah, I'm with you, man. I just, I think Swan is going to be good at the end just because of that would be much better of a re- reveal than if he actually does continue just to be bad. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. And, and Swan being good doesn't mean O'Donnell has to be bad. They can both end up being good to end the season. You know, we're guessing one's good and one's bad, and we're flipping it on the narrative of what the show wants us to think. But, you know, it could just be they're both good, but we're guessing for now that it's going to be a double heel turn here where Swan's good and O'Donnell's bad. Maybe. But they're not mutually exclusive.
1: (laughs) What'd you say? O'Donnell, I feel like I'm just... I'm fighting for O'Donnell to be bad. Even though I love him and I love his character. That scumbag, I feel like, he's bad. Uh, kiss your wife. Yeah, that's a fake kiss. Hi, <laughs> anyway, family. Yeah, I just can't wait to see how this all uh, you know, ends up and rolls out and what really is going on with Swan. So I can't believe it's only, only three episodes left in the season, which is nuts. We have screeners, dude. We could cheat and just watch the whole thing. We could, but that's no fun. <laughs> That is because no fun. We would sound way less stupid, but that's way less fun. Yeah. Anyway, these black SUVs. Of course, Reacher just knows. Oh, it's Senator Lavoie trying to come talk to me. He just, mm-hmm. he's, he's just so cool with how he just knows things instantly. But really funny scene about didn't say the magic word, please. Blah blah blah. They meet in a zoo. We get a really really short scene with Am in between these. We'll just do it real quick. Am. Is call on the phone with Langston, saying his guys barely got away with the merchandise. You know, if these problems keep popping up, we may need to deal with a price increase. And Langston's like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Just get it here. Where are you?" He says he's in Indiana, so he's he's getting closer. Uh, Langston says, "You know, the little wing chips will be installed in the missiles before you get here." Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So just a little bit further advancement on that front. I'm like, right. I can't Langston. tell if Langston is... I think he's bad because I watched him shatter our buddy's legs, like Franz's legs. Yeah, he's bad. He's gotta be bad, right? This isn't like another Yeah, he's, another bad. he's bad and
0: Swan's good, dude. All right, But, good. yeah, I mean, it is important, too, that he says that they have a plan to take out the entire crew, and it's going to be happening soon because AM says you need to take care of Swan's friends. And this is the first time that Langston's actually using Swan's name. Now, because we're fully in it now, we got the reveal a couple episodes that Swan was in the picture, and then, you know, there's the undertones in the next episode, and this episode really nails it down that he used his thumbprint, and he signed off, and obviously in a little bit, we hear that he signed off on the Hitmen. Now that it's, like, in the open fully, technically... Langston's using using Swan's name. Like, he hasn't been using Swan's name in conversations until this episode. And he says, mm-hmm. you know, Swan's friends, Swan's blah, blah, blah. We're going to take them out. And even AM says, Swan's, you know, they're a problem. And if you keep having these people around and they're causing more issues like the ones that just happened, we need this price increase. So he's talking about Swan like he's alive and he's talking... It, well, I guess he's not ne- necessarily talking about him like he's alive. He's just using his name. But he's talking about him like he trusts him as part of... The operation
1: totally and i think they're definitely hammering it home trying to which is leads again to your why would they hammer all this there wouldn't be a reveal at that point so uh yeah i mean we talked about it a million times but they're shoving it down a throat that swan is in cahoots with langston yeah but with the reacher scene and senator lavoy they get to a zoo this whole scene really just boils down to hey, we know what you did in Margrave. Mm-hmm. You, all the credit went to some rookie cop, but we know you were down there. So, with this situation going on, we want you to do the same thing. You know, you have the mili- military background, and you know, this is all about weaponry that we can't let these terrorists have because, hey, I'm a politician, you know who I am, but at the end of the day, I don't want innocence to die from everything that he does so he Mm -hmm. knows he pushed through this little wing project he pushed it through illegally so he's asking reacher saying hey i can help you out just make my name clean i don't want this to come back and really hurt me so we got boyd there too looking embarrassed and everything like that he's trying to be cocky and like smirk to reacher and i'm like what are you doing man you just got embarrassed like last episode and he's He's reading off
0: his, you know, his awards and his medals and everything. And he's like doing it cockily and cockley, if That's a good word to
1: say. Oh, and, on.
0: um, and Lavoie is like, dude, I have some respect, man.
1: The way I initially took it is Lavoie's just a sleazebag. Like he was smiling. He was being super friendly to Reacher. Um, and I think he's not really on Reacher's side. He's just being no, friendly no. and trying to get something done. I think he was telling the truth about, I don't want this to come back on me because that's exactly what he is. You know, he just tries to cover up all the illegal things that he's done and the mistakes that he's made. (laughs) So I think he's telling the truth on that front. But I'm not trusting this guy. Like, I'm not trusting that he's not going to have cops coming to arrest Reacher and the crew at one point and, like, double-cross them after everything just to, like, tie up loose ends.
0: Yeah, this could be easily the typical Reacher plot armor that they need to give so that he doesn't get arrested for 15 million murders. You know, Lavoie comes in. He says, listen, man, I screwed up. I need you to fix this so that it doesn't come against me. If you do this for me, I will make it so that you were never here. You had no part in it. You can disappear. It's basically like the perfect scenario for Reacher. And again, it's kind of like Margrave where it's plot armor. It's we always talk about how's he killing all these people, how's he doing all this crazy stuff and no one ever says like, "Yo man, you just killed all these people. We're going to send you to jail." So, yes, it could be easily that he turns on them and he's just using he's going to use Reacher as a scapegoat, or it could just be this is their way of giving us and Reacher the plot armor so that when this whole deal is done, he can ride off into the sunset and move on to season 3 without having all these law enforcement coming after them.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And honestly, it makes a lot of sense, especially because you said no one will go after you or no one will go looking for you or your friends. That is honestly too good of an offer because they killed a lot of people in a lot of different States and made a lot of different enemies. So if that's the way that they like clean the slate and make it so nobody's looking for them, I mean, that makes sense. But is that an offer that just could be to get them to do the dirty work for you and then you take them out later? A hundred percent, that could be a thing. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, I liked our first interaction with the senator. I guess we'll see where it goes. I could see him being in it for, like, one more scene. I could see him being, like, a real big part of season two. I really don't know what's going to happen with him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But to continue... um, Right after this scene, O'Donnell gets the call that Franz's funeral is tomorrow. So they go back to New York. Um, they're all at the funeral, the whole crew, all the special investigators talking about how Denver sheriffs found the truck, um, but nothing inside of it. Um, so the the fake truck continued with the fake truck with the, I guess the real truck with the fake missiles is if that's how it went is still going to South Korea um so that's what you were saying it could be a long time before they realize that they are fakes they found Mm -hmm. they found the empty truck in the field um and they think a private plane picked it up and flew it somewhere but they were talking about where's it going it's going to new york would they fly it into new york 9 11 happened so now a lot of the new york skies are patrolled, so he wouldn't do that. He's going to most likely land it somewhere like in Pennsylvania and then drive it the rest of the way. Mm. So that's what they got going on in uh, their plan going forward. But Russo pops up and Reacher doesn't think about anything else. He's like, let me go confront this fucking guy, even though he's being the nicest guy ever and giving the son an action figure and just, I don't know. This is one of the scenes where it's like, all right, Reacher. You got to come out here swinging from the get.
0: Yeah, so really quick to rewind. I'm cracking up because when this whole thing comes out where Neely calls Reacher and O'Donnell and says, Swan, use his fingerprint, all the stuff. He signed off on it. Reacher's upset. He says, I'm going to go for a walk. That's what he says to O'Donnell. He says, I'm going to go for a walk. He goes for a walk and disappears with Lavoie. Mm -hmm. And O'Donnell's probably like, Where'd this freaking guy go? I guess Reacher has his burner phone, so maybe like off screen they'd call each other. But like in my head at first, I was like, oh wait, he does have a burner, so maybe he called him. But I, I originally was thinking, no phone, no nothing. O'Donnell's just like this guy just disappears. I hope he shows back up. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So yeah, this is this whole thing with Russo cracks me up because Reacher is just coming right at him. And this is the point, just like Finley, pretty like cookie cutter russo protected and we'll obviously get more into it but he protected the mom and the kid and they have their scenes so now reacher is going to respect them and they're going to work together for episodes mm. six seven and eight but yeah he was kind of a d-bag to our boy <laughs> russo here and i was laughing because this has to be an entourage thing. It has to be an easter egg for Entourage because he's from Entourage and he's talking to the kid and he says my favorite superhero was Aquaman
1: Aquaman. Yeah. You can say
0: anything you want any superhero can be in the script it could be Wolverine, it could be Captain America and he says Aquaman for our boy Vinny Chase I loved it. I was cracking up um, totally. but yeah Russo seemingly is just a good guy and as the episode goes on this is confirming it and I love the actor and I love that we're gonna get more Russo.
1: <laughs> yeah, he gives the kid his Saint his personal Saint Jerome prayer card. And Richard comes mm-hmm. up. And he's like, trying to bang the wife. I see you. And immediate <laughs> Russo's like, I feel like if this was the first interaction, Russo would've just thrown a punch immediately. But oh, yeah. he's oh, he's yeah. like, All right, if you call me dirty. One more time, now I'm actually gonna fucking lose it. Um so now he does say this is the
0: part where my dad was a cop and he wouldn't go dirty, so he was killed. And then Reacher does his weird Reacher thing and goes like I didn't know
1: that about yeah. your dad. And you're expecting One, him to I'd be like you any day of the week, too. Yeah. I don't really know that. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, and <laughs> so. I,
0: you would think that his response would be, one, I'll fight you any day of the week because, yeah, it's Reacher. And then, two, I didn't know that about your dad. I'm sorry. But instead mm-hmm. he just says, like, I didn't know that about your dad. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it.
1: <laughs> but why Reacher immediately suspects Russo of being bad is because the only person that Reacher told where he and the crew was going was right. Russo. So that's what he thinks Russo sicked them on him. But Risho is just a good guy, and we, like his whole backstory too, it just makes sense that you know he wouldn't be a dirty cop. He respects it too much. Russo first says, "All right, before you call me dirty, I looked up those security names from New Age, and they were all former NYPD. This was the all all the dirty cop backstory as well." Reach uh, is mm-hmm. saying, "All right, well, if they went to New Age and hired all of their other dirty cop friends, then why the hell didn't you?" talk to any of them. And Russo's like, because you fucking blew up their office, you asshole. Like, going would be a lot smoother if you weren't here, probably. So, Reach is feeling like a real ass. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially the last line Russo says is, all their places were empty, just like swans. Maybe you need to check your own crew and see if there is a, a rat in there. So, we get to the actual funeral. This is where the shootout comes in because Reacher sees the glare of the sniper scope. Says, "Get down!" Tackles mm-hmm. Dixon immediately too. I don't know if you noticed that. His girl. That's his girl. Yeah. And he sees Russo tackle the mother and the son. So Reacher, in his eyes, is like, "All right, Russo's good now."
0: So let me ask you this question: When we're at this funeral, and they say they're going to do this, the the salute, were you thinking of the Dark night? Because literally, uh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I was literally thinking one of the gunmen the one of the guys with the guns was going to turn on one of them. Close enough. Obviously, I'm happy they didn't straight up copy The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they were going to use the fires from the gun salute and there was two gunmen that were trying to take him out. And cracks me up, you know, the one guy gets taken out, the other guy's just like, "Screw this, man." and mm-hmm. just starts running and Eventually, it leads to this this car chase, and Russo again comes to the rescue because I love how Neely was like, you're slow as hell, man. You're not going to catch anybody. Just so going to say that. So Russo helps out, picks him up. They go for the chase. He's not getting close to the hitman in the car, and he's like, you want to drive? And Reacher's like, yeah, I do, actually. And he just <laughs> takes the wheel, cracks me up, gets our boy, and this is another relationship-building moment for Russo and Reacher because russo at first wants to take him in do it by the book and Reacher's like if this happens it's going to take way too long the missiles are on their way this is going to be a problem it needs to be taken care of quickly and russo's like what do you want me to do and he's like look the other way and he does and he figuratively and literally literally does look the other way and that's another relationship building moment for reacher and russo i'm taking it like these two are going to be homies for the rest of this season and i'm down with that yeah, I love it. I mean, not necessarily like friends, just like how him and Finley were working together and not friends to start. I was just gonna say it's
1: just about this time in the season where season one Finley was coming over to reacher's side to fully trust him. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. Uh, it's kind of reacher's mo, just butt heads with you know authority and then slowly respect them. So uh, they do seem like they are gonna, when Russo actually does turn his head. I was thinking, Russo was thinking, like, oh, shit, he's right. Like, you know, if we do yeah. we do bring him in, we aren't going to get any of the info. So maybe I just do need to look the other way. I don't consider right. that dirty, okay, because he just went through nah. the whole dirty cop thing. This is just, just trying to get the bad guy in the end. So the, the one line, though, you were talking about with Neely says you're a slow runner. Mm-hmm. I, I was watching, and I was thinking this season one, they don't really show him running a whole lot. Because he kind of is a slow runner, I think that was like a real world, well, like thing. Because Richard or Alan Ritchson is so damn big that when yeah. he runs, it does look a little goofy. Now let me let me
0: talk about this with you really quickly. Now that you're bringing this up, he's so slow, but he's fast enough to catch a car and throw a grill at it
1: to stop I don't, the car. Dude, don't bring that up <laughs> from last episode. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Mm. So. But yeah, I, obviously I the big
0: thing that happens right here with Reacher and the hitman is that he's assuming it's Langston, which assumptions kill, man. Assumptions mm. kill. He shouldn't have been assuming that. He's saying nice. what are, you know who who's the person? Is it Langston? Like, where are you supposed to meet Langston? He's like, I don't know who the hell Langston is. And then again, right on the nose, it wasn't Langston. It was a guy named Swan who hired us. And Reacher, of course, is like, Jesus. Yeah. And now we
1: get to the big finale of the episode. So again, with what you were saying earlier, it could just be somebody using Swan's name. Total like red herring. And it's not like they met in person, so he could describe what Swan looked like. Right. I they just talked and you can't really get any information from that. It could easily have been somebody else just using the name. Yep. So that being said, uh again, just hitting us over the head with it. I believe it's not going to be Swan. Swan's going to be good. But Reacher just choking him and just being like, "Hey, I'm gonna kill you. But if you want to just share any information that you have now would be a good time. Just blink, just blink, so I know." (laughs) He's just God blinked a thousand times. (laughs) Yeah, he blinked. He was like, "I don't know if that was a blink," and then he fucking does it like 18 more times. That was funny. Yeah. But yeah, this is where they get the some warehouse address. He says I was supposed Mm -hmm. to pick up the money and. That was going to be it. So um, they go to this warehouse, Reacher and Neely. Is it Neely or Dixon? I can't remember. Whatever. They're out there watching him go in. The whole plan is he's going to go in, take the money, give them intel about what's going on inside, how many people in there, how many of them are armed, blah, blah, blah. So then the whole special investigator's crew is going to rush in and take him out. Mm -hmm. this guy's like whatever dude i just never want to see you guys again goes in knocks on the door nobody answers immediately like what the hell's going on he goes in the whole thing blows up i got a couple problems with this scene
0: first problem i have is that this is like an international operation with 650 missiles new age little whatever little wing chips 650 at 100k each and does reacher really assume every assumption that he can make every sherlock thing that he makes he doesn't think that these people will know that a gunfight happened at the funeral and it didn't kill the people that they were waiting for you have to assume that the bad guys assume that the hitmen are compromised and if you show up some bad shit's going to happen. It's either going to be a trap or exactly what happened where it blows up. I'm a little weirded out that Reacher didn't know that was coming.
1: Uh, I actually didn't think of that until you brought it up, but 100%. Why is he going to get paid? He didn't do the job. and Yeah, he I mean— And got compromised.
0: And also, yeah, the number two isn't that big of a deal, but, I mean, again, Reacher's supposed to be, like, the smartest dude in the world. You have to assume, even if the deal did happen— they're just going to kill the hitmen. Yeah. And Swan probably wouldn't be there in the first
1: place. Mm. I, I figured he was very willing to sacrifice this guy who, this contractor who shot at, you know, him. Oh, yeah. Crow. Yeah.
0: I don't, I don't care about them thinking they'll die, but it's like you have to assume Swan's not actually going
1: to be there if he's the big bad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he even had the line like, hey, if you try to like tip them off or whatever, I'm going to hear it and we're going to come in and kill you with everybody else right um, so maybe he was thinking Reacher was thinking he's gonna go in they're gonna know that he didn't complete his job and just kill him but maybe we can get some info on the phone or whatever like maybe Reacher right really was planning on him going in there and just dying because the thing didn't because he failed basically the contractor mm-hmm. failed in his assassination so um but yeah, I, this whole thing doesn't make sense. Especially this guy going in. I get that he doesn't really have a choice, but like he's he's got to know that he's just fucking dead. So yeah. I don't I don't know. It was a weird scene, but we we didn't really get anything else. The the warehouse just kind of blew up, and then this camera zooms in on Reacher. Like it usually ends the episode
0: with. So this one's um, killing me. It's really killing me because. They're teasing the swan thing for so long, and if it's not going to be revealed that he's good, then you better bring him in next episode as a bad guy. Mm. Because I still think for the thousandth time that he's going to be good, and when they do finally see him, it'll be revealed that he was just undercover, and Reach will be very, very relieved. And that can be revealed in any episode. It could be seven or eight. I don't even care. But if you make him a bad guy, if you reveal in episode 8 he's the bad guy, I am very pissed off. You need to reveal him as the bad guy, and we see him soon. Like, next episode soon. Because I think that's stupid to do it that way anyway, but if you do do it that way, you need to have him be introduced and established as a bad guy for the next three episodes. So, we'll see what happens there. I'm going 100% now with my theory that... He is undercover. He's focusing on the chips, not necessarily the missiles. So That gets him out of signing the missile stuff. We can give him a pass on that, and that's how he's going to reveal himself to her. Yes, I signed off on the missiles. I was focusing on the chips. You know the deal. We've done these things a million times, just like you said, Paul. We've done these transactions undercover a million times. This is just how it works. Fine. And then also... We already talked about the fact that it's easy enough to hire hitmen to kill the special investigators with the name Swan if they've never met Swan before. All you have to do is call the hitmen on the phone or however you contact them and be like, yo, my name's Swan. Kill these mother truckers. You know, that's it. Mm -hmm. And I'm still fully okay, and it's going to work out that Swan's good. O'Donnell, it's getting a little sketchy. I'm not fully in on that anymore. (laughs) I still think it's a possibility. I think the double turn is definitely there, and it can happen. Mutually Mutually exclusive is not something that needs to happen here where one turns and the other turns. It can be that they're both good. And just because he does show us his family doesn't mean he's not dirty. I still think that there can be a scenario where at some point in this whole thing, Reacher turns around, O'Donnell's got a gun to him, and he says, man, I didn't want you to get involved. I did this for my family. I love my family so much. You saw me. I'm a family man now. I just want to get us the money and get out and go do whatever the hell we want. I'm, I'm doing this to protect my family. It's like one of those, yeah, I'm dirty, but I don't want to go after you kind of deals. That's fine, too. We'll see what happens. I'm excited for the next couple episodes, but they have, like, there's a fork in the road. They can go yeah. one way and it can be great season. They can go another way and I'm gonna start being a little disappointed. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, and in the O'Donnell front, you know, I, I really do think he is gonna be, you know, a good guy. He is who he says he is with the whole family. It could be the situation, exactly what you're saying, that or even different, like he is a blackmailer. There is a high chance that the blackmailer will get blackmailed somehow yeah, so he that's pissed very somebody true. off he pissed somebody off um you know threatening them or whatever and to get revenge they're like all right now you're going to do work for us otherwise we're going to take you out and your family and you're going to play along and give us all the information that we need to succeed or something so love it love it in that Perfect. aspect
0: it could be that easily it do, yeah, yeah my thought I like that better than me saying I need the money to protect my family I like mm. that him being blackmailed by Langston New Age somebody whatever and having their kids and family as collateral i mean you know obviously told him to go in hiding but there still could be a way that they're being watched no matter what no I'm, and they could be telling him do what we say or we're gonna take him out
1: yeah uh, that's where i'm at right now i think o'donnell's telling the truth about his family but maybe he is being forced to do something he's being forced we don't know
0: to the here's the thing no, I'm not. This is way too tinfoil so, <laughs> Never mind. Uh, but, the, you know, like, I'm going to say it just because I'm hilarious. I'm a funny guy, dude. No, <laughs> but um, I guess Neely Dixon, Neely and Dixon know O'Donnell enough to know how many kids he has, right? Mm-hmm. Because my, my question would be, would it be weird, and this is weird, so whatever, but I'm going to say it anyway, that, like, maybe he has three kids instead of two kids, and one's actually kidnapped and taken and being used as like the blackmail and you know the deal is and it, you know like o'donnell had to say to his wife the kids you can't tell them that's why it's tenfold. you can't tell the kids to pretend like everything's okay it's not gonna work mm-hmm. that way they're running around playing and shit but Real i was quick, thinking maybe there's a third kid and the phone call was the third kid who was a hostage gotcha you know what i mean yeah, yeah saying like hey your
1: kid's still alive but
0: Right. You and know. he's just playing it off like, Oh, be nice yeah. to your brother, you know.
1: I think there was a third kid, just to be clear, because we had the two running around and I think the wife said, I'm gonna go get the baby ready. Uh, so, I think, so fourth kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be a fourth kid. But no, I'm not you say that like if we hear O'Donnell like slip up and say, Love my two kids in the back of our heads. We yeah. We're like, uh oh, fucking liar, he those those actors that he hired. Yeah. <laughs> I really yeah. don't we talked so much about theories. The only thing I have, and it's not even a theory is is Marlo Burns or Marla Burns coming back. Who was the new age agent who gave them the address to get ambushed in episode 3? I think that was 2 or 3. Um is she going to come back yeah. because I thought she was going to be a lot bigger of a picture.
0: I still think they need to answer the question as to why she left or was taken and left the money. Mm -hmm. I really still like what you said, but I mean, that would have to be revealed ASAP too, or at least soon enough. We talked about how Russo might not be privy to her being undercover, and it would have to bring the lieutenant back into the fold as a character. Mm -hmm. But it's just weird that this huge operation isn't willing to kill off this person. I, and they let her go away and don't take the money. I don't. I really. I just think it's weird. And again, mm. it could be just one of those things where we're going to add it to the list of uh, it's a little bit weird for this season. And they don't really give us an answer, and we're not happy with it. Or they're they're going to give us an answer. I would hope that they do give us some kind of answer on this because it is definitely weird that they just let her disappear with not taking the money and her. She takes her kid. It's you know, yeah. I compared to season one so many times where everybody was getting killed off all the bad guys who were or all the people that had anything to do with the bad guys were getting killed off one by one and not just like hey we're gonna get rid of you it was brutal
1: Mm -hmm. yeah exactly so i think they're gonna tie hopefully tie her in real quick um and Mm -hmm. explain maybe there was another operate like we keep saying third party it really could be like five different parties but two of them are being undercover agents and acting like the second and third party. Like there's there's a lot going on, a lot of characters so, in play.
0: So here, yeah, because Swan, if we go with he's undercover, which we were all always going for. If she's also undercover, even if she's like his accomplice as somebody undercover on his side, Them talking in code makes sense and bringing up Little Wing and and saying, like, yo, this tech needs to be taken care of by us. But I still don't get why she would give the address to have them ambushed. You giving the reason for her being an undercover cop, not undercover with Swan, makes sense because the lieutenant may have said, yo, we're keeping your cover. You're going to have to let this ambush happen. I'm not sure why otherwise... That would happen. So they're just going to have to figure out some kind of way to answer for us because otherwise we're definitely going to tear it up mm-hmm. by the end of the season
1: if they don't. We got time. We got time. But we yeah, got time. I'm,
0: plenty of time. Yeah.
1: Really looking forward to episode six now. Yeah, I
0: agree. All right, guys. Episode five. Episode five. Burial is complete. We're past the halfway point now. We're moving on to the second half. We have three episodes left. We're having a blast covering this show. We're giving our critiques. We're giving everything we love. We want you guys to join this Discord and talk to us about Reacher. We just brought Reacher up on the Discord. We're having a little fun with it right now, but we want you all to join and start telling us our theories are great, our theories suck, what your theories are, what you recommend for another show just like Reacher, anything. We love talking to you guys especially about theories. We love bringing the theories up from our listeners. So if you have any theories that you want us to talk about, let us know. Hit us up on Discord, hit us up on Twitter, anything. We always answer as long as we see it. If we don't see it and we don't answer right away, hit us up again. We always answer as long as we see it. And, guys, we just want to make sure you know, just like we said in the intro – We are Binstown TV. We're not just a Reacher podcast. We cover so many different shows. We have covered a million. We're going to be covering a million coming up. We've been a podcast for four years. We have such a huge catalog. We know that there's plenty that you guys would enjoy. All you have to do is check us out at BenztownTV.com or just go to our Benztown TV feed, hit that subscribe button, and you will have everything there and you will get updated whenever our new episodes come out. We can't wait to talk to you guys next week. We are Binstown TV. And thank you so much for listening.
1: You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.